What's up, guys? This is CJ from the teaching team at The Fold, and you are listening to At Coffee with The Fold. I'm so glad that you're tuning in with us this week as we take a deep dive into conversations that are relevant for our community. This podcast features guests from inside our community, from outside our community, who have something important to say and share that's relevant for our formation into the likeness of Jesus as we pursue the healing and wholeness of Jesus by finding home, family, and purpose. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, welcome back to At Coffee with the Fold. We are starting our second conversation series today. We've been talking about spiritual disciplines on Sundays at The Fold, and we're going to be for the rest of the summer. So we're going to take a couple of weeks here and talk about spiritual disciplines on this podcast. And I am really excited to be able to interview my good friend and my cousin, uh, Heath Williams. Heath is the worship pastor, one of the worship pastors of Bowling Springs First Baptist. And Heath is also one of the people who has helped form me in um, the idea of spiritual disciplines, who really helped stir um, an interest and a desire for spiritual disciplines in my own life. His journey with spiritual disciplines has been really significant. So um, the conversations I've had with Heath over the last few years are part of the reason why this podcast came into existence, because there have been so many conversations we've had about things like spiritual disciplines that I have thought at the end, I want everyone to be able to be part of that because Mm -hmm. uh, Heath has so much wisdom to share Mm -hmm. in this area. So Heath, I'm excited that you're here. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it, man. Man, thanks for having me. CJ's very kind. Um, Really looking forward to our conversation and uh, yeah, very thankful for you having me on. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, I know you've been around the fold quite a bit, um, but we've got some people who are new who might not have heard you speak or been able to meet you before. Can you give us just like a like the one-minute introduction? Here's yeah. who I am. Sure. Um, well, I'm a ginger. <laughs> it's worth noting. Very important, yeah. Um, we don't have a great reputation <laughs> as gingers. Rightfully so. It's fair. <laughs> I think you're breaking the stereotype. Well, we'll see, I guess. <laughs> Um, today will be the test, the ultimate test. <laughs> yeah, that. yeah, the final test for uh, redheads everywhere. <laughs> yeah, the right final here. countdown. Mm, final yeah. countdown, as Europe would say. Is the Europe the band? Uh, maybe. I'm gonna. Yeah, it is. We'll just Probably. say it is. Yep. Um, yeah, been a worship pastor at the um, for the eleven at Bowen Springs uh, for ten years now. Um, um, have an amazing partner. Um, in in life and ministry, Casey, we've been married for ten years. Um, two uh, two bundles of energy. <laughs> um, Hart, my son, is six. Haven, my daughter, is three. They keep me young and old at the same time. Somehow, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The paradox of that reality mm-hmm. uh, is real. Familiar, yeah, yeah, familiar. <laughs> um, so. I, uh, let's say for the past three years, have begun to intentionally um, journey into uh, the spiritual disciplines um, and have experienced um, 
a lot of uh, significant amount of Holy Spirit stirring and prompting mm -hmm. and um, I believe tr transformation in my heart and my not just my heart but like my my whole self yeah you know, my whole being uh, it's not all been up into the right <laughs> it is yeah. it is it is um, a journey of valleys and you know pits and peaks <laughs> uh, but very um, expectant about our conversation today around this this topic because I do think it's something the church needs we need to be talking about yeah. as the church and I appreciate I know the fold has been going through this summer mm -hmm. kind of um, teachings around the the disciplines and yeah focusing on different disciplines and I think that's it's very necessary so yeah. thank you guys yeah absolutely absolutely I mean as we jump into the conversation we've defined spiritual disciplines um, as a physical practice that creates space mm -hmm. for inner transformation. So the Holy Spirit meets us in the practice. Um, so just kind of give us just a really brief, maybe the 30,000-foot the picture of what your journey with the spiritual disciplines mm -hmm. has been and um, what, what has made this such a significant thing in your life. Yeah. Well, it began um, three years ago. Uh, I was um, part of a, a men's retreat in Wyoming mm -hmm. and had been feeling, even before the retreat, just I guess for the really months leading up to the retreat, um, the Lord just drawing me into the wilderness and that manifesting sort of in this deep longing mm -hmm. uh, that I, I didn't fully understand, um, but... You know, in the busyness of life, I just wasn't, in, I don't even think intentional, um, but um, I hadn't been exerting any effort to, like, lean into that. Mm -hmm. um, so it was part of this retreat and had the opportunity to, to practice um, solitude. Mm -hmm. um, and the Lord met me in the mountains that weekend. Mm -hmm. And I don't have uh, a lot of helpful language around it because it was it was a it was an experience I I can't rightly explain. Mm -hmm. But all I can say is that there was a profound sense that the Father was there, mm -hmm. sitting with me, embracing me, and giving me permission to grieve mm. and grieving with me. Um, and also to worship and rejoice. Um, so, yeah, that moment um, gave me a taste of what life could look like. Yeah. Uh, in in that practice, particularly of solitude. And obviously, that's just one of the disciplines. But mm -hmm. um, it began a pursuit. Um, or maybe a um, intentional practice of the of the disciplines, and and I wanted to learn more about them, and so um, reading content around the disciplines mm -hmm. and listening to podcasts around the disciplines, and um, yeah. So I guess three years ago now is where where it started, and now I've got it all figured out. <laughs> thankfully, yes. yeah, I've got it, the answers now. Perfect. <laughs> good. Good. Well, that's why you're here. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Well, yeah. I'll give people the cheat sheet. We'll put that up on the... Perfect. We'll put it up on the screen for them to yeah, see. Yeah, we'll put it up yeah. on the screen for them to see a visual aid for <laughs> yeah, this podcast. Yeah, perfect. So perfect. Um, yeah, awesome. Well, there, there's so much that we we could talk about just in that story, but a couple of things that I want to make sure to highlight mm-hmm. is, the, um, first off, the significance of wilderness. Um, mountains, when you look throughout Scripture, mountains, wilderness... Um, Things that we don't think of as comfortable um, are core to encountering the Holy Spirit, um, encountering the presence of the Lord. But not just in Scripture. You know, the the formative teachers of spiritual disciplines are called the desert mothers and fathers mm. for a reason, um, because they were people that ought often retreat into the desert. When you look throughout uh, church history, Christian history, so often significant encounters either happen in or are prompted by some sort of wilderness experience. Um, And this is part of the conversation later, but, you know, so much of our current culture is about taming or escaping or um, even commodifying what is wild or um, what is hard to understand um, that that in and of itself, I think, prevents us from encountering the Holy Spirit in spiritual disciplines because yeah. the Holy Spirit constantly takes people um, into wild or uncomfortable places. I mean, I think of even, you know, John Wesley who had his, um, he, he called it this, his experience of his heart being strangely warmed. He had it at a prayer meeting, but after a uh, days-long boat ride coming back from North America that was a disruptive and disheartening experience of him traveling and preaching in what was at that time largely wilderness. You know, he had had a painful experience that created space for solitude and reflection and grieving that opened the space for the Holy Spirit to encounter him or him to encounter the Holy Spirit in this prayer meeting. That's that's really um, important. And I also want to point out the other thing that... um, that I noticed in your story is that it started with a significant moment, mm-hmm. right? You encountered the Holy Spirit in a tangible way on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you well enough to know that not the whole story has not been transcendental moments, right? right. Yeah. Um, that, but oftentimes the Holy Spirit invites us in these moments um, and moments often mark what God has done in a season, you know, in, yeah, in church, even at the fold, we kind of joke a lot about like youth camp experiences, you know, mm-hmm. where you cry and you get saved again or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But oftentimes those moments that we remember, it, the moment wasn't as significant as what had happened in that season. Mm-hmm. But what happened in the season before came to a head in the moment, and that moment pre- prompted and preempted the season that comes after. Mm-hmm. So those moments become really significant. Yeah. Um, often as initiating a journey, but not necessarily defining a journey. Right. We don't define the journey by the uh, emotional experience of the moment. Um, so to, to keep the conversation going, mm-hmm. the most of church history has been marked by spiritual disciplines. So like mm-hmm. we got 2,000 years approximately of church history, 1,800 of it or so has been marked with the majority of Christians consistently practicing spiritual disciplines for the last... Um, 200 years or so, not so much. 
why do you think it is that um, a lot of us, honestly, I, I, I talk to people around the fold and they are surprised that we talk about spiritual disciplines because mm-hmm. it's things that they haven't heard of before. They've heard yeah. quiet time, they've heard read your Bible and pray, mm-hmm. but they've never heard them talked about in the language of spiritual disciplines. They've never heard um, a teaching around practicing spiritual disciplines. It seems to be a gap that's unique to our culture right now, not part of church history. Why do you think that is? Well, I think we've... Um, We've held on to a few. We don't use that language of, of spiritual disciplines, but we've held on to a few mm-hmm. um, of what are spiritual disciplines, um, particularly inductive Bible study mm-hmm. or study um, and prayer. Mm-hmm. I think those are two that we hear taught often, mm-hmm. um, sort of across the evangelical um, yep. world in the West. Um, I think that we've we've lost focus on particularly um, solitude and silence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we, I, I've heard, I've heard a, a, a fair amount of teaching about fasting, mm-hmm. but um, I would say that feels so daunting to most people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to take a lot of like, um, it feels like a lot of work and emphasis to build that into our lives as a rhythm, you mm-hmm. know? So I don't know how much like planning or practicality I've heard around fasting. Yeah. Um, so I think really we've, we've, we've sort of prioritized prayer. And again, when I say prayer, I mean like a voiced prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Me talking to God mm-hmm. and, um, and study inductive Bible study, this, you know, primarily intellectual endeavor, mm-hmm to where you sort of function as a investigator and mm-hmm. you're trying to understand you know, historical and cultural background and different elements of the scripture um, or the different elements of a particular mm-hmm. passage. So, uh, which I think those are two incredibly important disciplines, mm-hmm. but um, I do think it's, it's interesting that the disciplines we have um, I don't know if you could say lost focus on or we've sort of intentionally kind of left in the past Mm. uh, are the disciplines that require us to do um, nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Again, I would I would I would say um, particularly solitude and silence Mm and and meditation, Mm -hmm. you know, this idea of even a meditative reading of Scripture that's much less about um, the amount of scripture that you're mm-hmm. reading, much more about like um, simplifying our reading of scripture and yeah. asking the Holy Spirit. You know, this is a this is a living and breathing mm-hmm. word. Um, what what uh, what are you what are you stirring or prompting in me yeah. as I read this word? So, and again, there's ancient practices around that, um, but the seductive. lie of the principalities and powers is that if you produce, if you're productive, then you're valuable. And um, the church has bought into that lie, I think, hook, line, and sinker. So we believe in order to be valuable to God, we need to be doing stuff for him um, as much as we can, you know. 
And so practices that emphasize simply being um, seem useless to us. Yeah. And in essence, in the, in the um, imagination of the, of the world, they are useless. They don't make sense. It doesn't make sense to go out to a place in the mountains and sit for <laughs> eight hours. Yeah. Um, that feels like a waste of time mm-hmm. uh, in, in how we imagine time needs to be used at least. Um, but uh, I don't think that's accidental. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that it's the, it's the lie we've bought into and all the while the truth is we're created to be with God. Mm-hmm. You know, I, um, God is not creating Adam and Eve as um, a means to an end and the end being the task that he's giving them. He's creating Adam and Eve for communion. Mm-hmm. To be with him now, he he gives them tasks because it's good for us to work, but we don't. They're not working um, to like give God what He wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, God wants them. Yeah, yeah, they're the end, not the means, um, and so they're working for their own flourishing mm-hmm. um, and partnering with God. In that, you know, gives them dominion over the earth, and that's a partnership with God. So. Um, it was interesting. My daughter, uh, a few days ago, um, came home, and I was already at the house, just sitting on my back porch, uh, sitting uh, there. And she runs up to me and jumps on my lap, and she just like she cuddles with me for like two minutes, mm-hmm. and it's just the best. Like if you have kids, um, and they're they're around that age, mm-hmm. you know, when they cuddle, there's a sense of like peace and mm-hmm. just settledness. Um, it's kind of hard to explain, yeah. you know. Uh, but it's funny, after that two minutes or so, she would get up and she would, you know, try to try to get me to, to notice her doing things. Mm-hmm. So she would say, watch this, Daddy, or look at this, Daddy. And she would be, like, showing me her things that she's painted that mm-hmm. were just lying around the back porch because that's <laughs> sort of what happens. Something is done and then it's left. <laughs> yeah. um, or she would, like, um, show me, like, her ballerina twirl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said... You know, I told her, baby, I, I love watching you um, create and dance. It's it's so wonderful. I would love for you just to sit here with me and mm-hmm. and can we cuddle for a little bit longer? And I, I just thought, like, this is what we do with God. Mm-hmm. We're so we so desperately want to show him what we're doing for him. Mm-hmm. And all the while what his deepest desire is for yeah, us wow. is a sense of being with him and abiding mm-hmm. in him. Yeah. Um, so I think that those disciplines in particular, solitude, silence, meditation, mm-hmm. um, that we have sort of lost, again, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally lost in the past, um, are disciplines that help us to experience transformation in, in that mm-hmm. sense of being with God and releasing ourselves of the need to always produce for Him, so mm-hmm. recognizing that we are created as beings and not doings, yeah. um, to put it in a sort of cliché. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wow. a long answer. No, that's great. That's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. Um, it, it seems to me like the disciplines you mentioned that we still do study, prayer, sometimes fasting, are the disciplines that um, still allow some degree of control. Mm. First off, yeah. I study the Bible so that I can determine meaning. Right. I present my requests to the Lord because oftentimes yeah. prayer in the modern world is purely the asking mm-hmm. um, or fasting. And, and they are controlled, but also they are 
they are things that to some degree can be an end in and of themselves. Yeah. Right? Like, I study to have studied. Right. Um, I, I pray to have prayed. I fast to have fasted mm. because that was a thing I was supposed to do. Um, which, which is interesting because that kind of subverts the idea of a discipline altogether. Yeah. Right? Because, um, you know, to use maybe a cliche analogy, you don't practice basketball to practice basketball. Right. You practice basketball to be formed into a better basketball mm-hmm. player, right? Um, so if you're practice, practicing it just to practice it, you might practice it wrong and be formed into a worse basketball player. You know, if your form is wrong, mm-hmm. um, the the practice is intended to be formational. The discipline mm-hmm. is intended to be formational. I like using the word spiritual discipline. Some people don't really like that term anymore, Mm -hmm. even though they might talk about the practices. But I I think the term is a little bit disruptive because we imagine that, you know, I'm getting in trouble. I've been disciplined, right? But um, we should allow that disruption to force us to think about learning the discipline of martial arts or the discipline of the violin or something like that, a practice that you do for the sake of formation, so that you can become something, right? So you can yeah. become um, become better at something is, a, is not a great way to phrase it, but you understand what I mean, that, that the practice forms us. Um, and solitude forms you. You can't control it. Yeah. And it's hard to get done with solitude and say, I did it, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to do solitude for the sake of, of itself, you know, because um, it doesn't feel like it produced anything. Um, fasting we can talk about it as if it is some great sacrifice and then it feels like we have made a spiritual sacrifice that we can, you know, as Jesus instructed us not to do, but that we still do, we can use that to in some some way validate our own spirituality. I fasted, right? I made this sacrifice. Solitude, silence, confession, you know, is often an overlooked spiritual discipline in the modern world. Confession, which would literally mean telling the full truth, both about my sin and my forgiveness, about my shortcoming and God's faithfulness, right? Um, That removes me from control and does not have some sort of payoff that outweighs in my mind the pain Mm. of telling the truth, you know? So we, we avoid that because if I tell the truth, then I am no longer in control of the truth. But what I don't admit, I can, I can cling to some semblance of control, right? Yeah, um, yeah that, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's – I think you're right. I think it's really important that we keep the disciplines um, in right perspective and that perspective is that there are means not the end mm-hmm. um like you said you don't practice basketball so that you can say you practice basketball mm-hmm. um practice is the preparation mm-hmm. um for for another moment mm-hmm. right yeah so uh, i do think that it's interesting um dallas willard kind of the two preeminent voices in the mm-hmm evangelical world, at least in the past 50 years, around um, the spiritual formation movement, Mm -hmm. or really, I guess, um, leading the spiritual formation movement, um, are Dallas Willard and Richard Foster. Mm -hmm. They're two, um, I guess, their most significant works, respectively, Dallas Willard's uh, The Spirit of the Disciplines, and then Mm -hmm. Richard Foster's The Celebration of the Disciplines. Mm -hmm. Um, Their greatest concern was that people would begin to um, 
view the disciplines as righteousness hmm. and not wisdom. Wow. And I can see that in my own mm-hmm. life, you know, and this particularly, again, in the past three years, um, you can easily fall into the thinking that, um, God, this is a... Uh, um, this is a relationship in which I do and I get X. So it's almost like the me doing is the end. Mm-hmm. And if I do this, it's like it's like the destination. If I go out to solid, if I go out and practice solitude for seven hours, I will come back feeling X or Y. Mm-hmm. So it's a very transactional. Yeah. Um, it's a very transactional practice at that point, which is mm-hmm. the um, the opposite of the. The, the point of the practice. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I do think you see even again the, those voices that were um, the most significant in bringing it back into the evangelical consciousness. I guess mm-hmm. in a robust sense, the spiritual disciplines um, were very concerned that the disciplines would become um, a point of even pride. Yeah, you know, in in, wow. in the folks that practice them in their lives. So, wow, that that's really interesting. You know, we've been doing a class, What is the Bible? We talked about the genres of Scripture, and we talked about wisdom literature, right? Um, Wisdom literature is meant to be meditated on and to form you into a wise person, right? Um, So when you read Proverbs, um, this might shock some people who um, haven't noticed this, Proverbs contradicts itself um, on a couple of occasions. You know, Proverbs instructs you very explicitly. It says, do not respond to a fool or you will look foolish. And then it says, if you don't respond to the fool, you will look foolish, Mm -hmm. right, in separate occasions. Um, Obviously, those are contradicting things, but the point of Proverbs is for you to be formed in Mm -hmm. wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. So you should meditate on these and Mm -hmm. see that both of these contain wisdom Mm -hmm. and you have to be a wise person who can intuit the circumstance and know how to apply the wisdom, right? Um, So if you imagine that Proverbs is some sort of like instruction and a black and white guide to righteousness, Mm -hmm. then you will completely miss the formation into wisdom that Proverbs or Ecclesiastes or Job is intended to teach you, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And same with the spiritual disciplines, if we do these as an act of righteousness or as an act of proving or, um, or something like that, as if, as if this is a, in some way earning Dallas Willard said, um, grace is opposed to earning, but not to effort. Right. right? Um, if we do that then we miss the spiritual discipline, then the the discipline becomes another legalism. Right. Mm. Um, if we do it as somehow an act of, uh, proving our righteousness to God or others. Um, but if we do them as wisdom in which we are formed, right. then um, then they become valuable in and of themselves. And this kind of leads us in and almost answers the next question that I've written down, which is what are the roadblocks to the spiritual disciplines conversation? It seems like one of the primary roadblocks, even for myself thinking about teaching the disciplines, is that we, we inadvertently teach people a... Um, a legalistic practice and not a a contemplative uh, wisdom, mm. right? We we teach people to do something to try to gain from God right. rather than teaching people the traditional practices in which we encounter God. Mm. You know, yeah. Um, and that that seems to me, you know, even in 
we're we're heavily influenced by the free grace movement in our current state and evangelicalism. We react very negatively to any idea of anything that would like create space for God to encounter us because it right. feels like we have to earn something. Yeah. Um, so there's this tension that we have to walk um, of making sure that when we say discipline, we're not saying law, mm. um, yeah. but we are saying practice. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's. Um, I think it's our natural tendency. Mm-hmm. Like we've been so, I say we, I mean all of us, myself included, mm-hmm. have been um, unconsciously, I think, co-opted by the way the world works. Mm-hmm. And and so often the church works in the same way. Yeah. Like if you're not valuable to the church, if you can't produce for the church, mm-hmm. then you don't, you know, you don't feel like you belong mm-hmm. or... Um, Again, you feel useless and mm-hmm. unseen. Um, and I think we bring that into the disciplines. Mm-hmm. We bring that into our relationship with God, this idea of transaction. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a way to sort of um, avoid that kind of roadblock is to continue to remind ourselves the point of the disciplines is uh, all the disciplines, fasting, prayer, um, even like inductive Bible study, um, Solitude and silence, you know, the list can go on. Mm-hmm. The point of all of those disciplines is intimacy. Yeah. Hey guys, we are going to be picking up right where we left off next time. Um, we're dividing this conversation into three podcasts because we want to give a lot of space as we process um, the disciplines and their significance. So we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to At Coffee with the Fold. I hope that this conversation was helpful as you pursue the healing and wholeness of Jesus. If you want to sign up for a Fold group and join community, if you want to attend an event on a Sunday morning, or if you're just looking for the next thing that's coming up that you can join with our community in doing, then make sure you go to thefoldgreenville.org or you follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time.